Hey there. So I want to talk about patinas. Patinas, like the thing that, um, I, all right, I have a tea cup in front of me and I've been drinking tea out of it for the past couple months and it's glass, but it is no longer see-through. There's a patina that's developed on it because of the tea being poured in and out of it all the time. A little brown film kind of thing. It looks kind of cool, but it also makes the cup look dirty and very much not a pure glass cup. It's this kind of beautiful double-walled tea cup that's small and and no handle or anything. It's like something you'd see at a Japanese tea house maybe. Um, and, I, you know, if I just look around, there's so many things like that. And the day, well, before before we open it up, this specific glass I bought on Amazon came to my house and I opened it and it was crystal clear and beautiful. And it was brand new to me. The feel was new to me. Everything about it was completely new to me. And that was super exciting. And so when I drank out, of it, it made me want to drink tea. And then when I drank out of it, it felt good. And I'm looking around and basically everything around me is like that. I'm looking, I have the tea kettle that, um, it's one of those gooseneck ones. And I remember looking up like the best tea kettle. This was a wire cutter recommendation, probably still is. And I got it and it was like this beautiful kind of brushed aluminum thing that dials in your temperature. And it just, you know, seemed, it was just a great thing that made me want to drink tea. And now there's this kind of film on the outside of it because it's like a kitchen item and it has probably just like years. I mean, I've had this for, I don't know, maybe seven years or something. And it, it's got just the just a little bit of grime that comes with something living in your kitchen for that long. And I've never scrubbed it. I've never washed the outside of it. Um, and then I could just go down the line the with more, you know, tea equipment and how it was once new and beautiful and now is not. Even the little mat that I put a lot of this tea stuff on is just kind of loaded with little crumbs of tea leaves and just isn't, you know, I don't know, it's not clean and pure. Um, and this extends to everything, including the sacred Ugmunk to-do list thing that I talked about on here a while ago that I was strictly adhering to since I got it every single day, creating a to-do list and following the like little productivity ritual and getting a ton done. Where now, um, this is the first day that I, I think I'm going to admit that I'm not really doing this right now. I'm sort of using it as a log of things I have to do at some point, like just a normal to-do list. Um, yeah, which is really sad because I wanted that one to stick and maybe I can breathe new life into it. Maybe by the end of this podcast, I'll commit to breathing new life into it. And admittedly, it's been derailed by interruptions in my life. Like my family came and stayed with us for the past week and our days were completely taken up with activities and things. So work was fit in in the cracks, if any. So that kind of disrupted it. And today just feels like a break day. Like we've just been going, go, 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 go. And now today I'm just like, you know, kind of toast. And so it doesn't feel like a day where I sit down and go, let's start today and work. And, you know, so maybe that's why, but um, it also feels like it could be the beginning of some death, but everything I own has a patina over, develops a patina over time, whether literally or figuratively. And there's this feeling that you get when you buy a new thing. There's the anticipation of it, which is basically the best part, the want of the thing, the desire of the thing, the fantasies about what it will do to your life and who you'll become once you acquire the thing. And then 
receiving the thing. I think it comes to a, a peak right there when you're holding an unwrapped thing. And as soon as you unwrap it or open it, or you know what? As soon as you, as soon as a moment passes after receiving it, because there's even items that I've received and felt that about and then just didn't open because, you know, I was just busy or something and then it just sat there and then I stopped lusting after it. Basically, it's the best before you actually get it. And I, I think this is a powerful uh, metaphor or analogy for life and a lot of things in life um, that I think once you get, like you think, like yeah, I've said on here, one of my favorite quotes of all time is, it won't make you happy. Um, and I don't remember what it is. It might be a madman, madman quote or whatever. I don't know, but whatever it is, it won't make you happy. Like that's, it's really so true because you're out, but, but the hap is it happiness in itself leading up to getting the thing? I was talking about this with Mitch the other day and he reminded me of that, that, that the happiness, like it is a form of happiness, that sort of anticipation. But so anyway, point is I'm looking around and it's just this thing that is universally true. And I'm almost universally incapable of escaping this cycle of anticipation for thing fantasies about person I'll be, which makes me feel good. All that stuff makes me feel good and happy. Then I receive new thing. And for a short period of time, uh, there's, you know, I'm on the ramp down or maybe the ramp up, whatever, where you're kind of experiencing the thing in its newness. And it's giving you that feeling in your life. And this could be, I remember getting our brand new TV that, you know, ton of research we put into it and bought this big, you know, giant, beautiful TV and then put it up and it provided me with a lot of new good feeling like I'm a cleaner, richer person because this thing is hanging on my wall and I am just more like collected in life. And I don't know, for some reason, it just makes me feel good. Uh, but now it's just the TV. I don't even think about it, you know, and everything is like that. This place I'm staying in in Florida is also like that, that, um, well, the first year we stayed here, we stayed in like a, it was like a mobile home kind of thing. And there were like cockroaches in the, you know, it was pretty n nice. I, I don't know. Nice is a very relative term. At the time it was nice for us. I, I, I guess what I'm saying, there were actually cockroaches, but I don't want to describe it as something that was like completely gross and mis misrepresented because cockroaches are freaking everywhere in Florida. But yeah, so it was this thing that didn't cost that much money. And when people stayed with us, they like slept on the floor and on the couch of this mobile. You know, it was like not, there was one bathroom and it was like, a camper bathroom, you know, with one of those plastic toilet things and like a, like a tiny little shower. So it, it was just, and it was great for us. We were so happy and it made us feel so happy. We were on vacation for an extended period of time. It was just amazing. And then we did that another year and then we wanted to ramp up. We wanted to level up, host more people, have a better spot. So we got like a three bedroom condo. Everybody has their own bathroom. There's like a community like pool and bistro and water slide and all this stuff. And that was like amazing. Stepping up into that made me feel so professional and collected and, and um, good about myself. I just felt better. And so this is a third year in not that place, but the same kind of deal. Like we even ramped up again. It was like, oh, we want a lanai in the back. You know, one of those big screened in yard things and a hot tub and more space and whatever, all that stuff. We just keep ramping up. This is the hedonic treadmill. It's like, I desire more. Whatever I have, I get used to it. It's astonishing. It's like I can just adapt to whatever state I'm in. That's the other huge just life force that is invisible unless you stop and really think about it. But it's like invisible to you how you just get accustomed to eat good things and bad things. It's just you just get used to them as a human. 
and and then you're used to them and you, you're searching for more. So you ramp up and you ramp up and it's never enough. And I'm feeling this year, it's like, this is not enough. I'm feeling that feeling. And it's it's deeper than that. It's like, it's not just that this is not enough. It's that I'm used to all this. And that I used to feel so much adventure here, going and exploring different waterways and all this stuff. Like, I, But I've seen all the things and I've done all the things in this little area. It doesn't feel like an adventure. It just feels like where I live, you know? And so now I want to find a new place and we are going to find a new place in a different area and explore new things. And now I'm looking on Airbnb for new places. And now I'm already ramping up, like justifying more money that like, Oh, I think I could, you know, probably swing that or maybe whatever, like block that out because then we could have, you know, a pool in the yard and then we could actually be on the waterfront or something. And like, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that just be incredible? That would surely make me happy. So this is just something that just plagues me in life. Maybe it's just the way life is the cycle um, yeah, but I know there are strategies to break the hedonic treadmill, to force yourself down a rung so that going up a rung, a rung feels good again, you know? And so like a small thing, I, I think one small way of doing this, this is why I'm drawn to, this is a circular reference here. This is why I'm drawn to Van Neistat. I talked to you about him a while ago. Like he's Casey Neistat's brother and he just, he just like his aesthetic, he creates stuff, but the things he creates look used, and he sort of celebrates that the things he he to him something new is like refurbished i've been getting into you uh, refurbish youtube like it's like a bunch of it's a whole subgenre of youtube just dedicated to rehabilitating items and it's just addicting and it's very cool to watch um you see somebody take something old and gross and rusty and really put a ton of care into it and make it new and beautiful and clean even stuff like an old nintendo ds that's just gross and broken. This guy like turns into a brand new DS, like D yellows, the white plastic and with UV light and all this stuff. It's so deep. It's so cool. So those are things that, so Van Neistat to me, what kind of drew me to him is like, it sort of was a promise of, um, of relief from this cycle because instead of just getting used to the thing you can, well, you can rehab an old thing and you get that new sense again. You can have the same feelings you have for the new things, but actually for old things. So maybe it's just a replacement. Um, so, so maybe I'll represent it as that, where, okay, if the hedonic treadmill and these mental tendencies for me turn into me always ramping up and up and up and spending more and more and more and you know just like wasting more in life with environmental impacts, personal finance impacts, all sorts of things. If that's this, the side effect of all this, that's bad. But I could make it, I could turn this into something else where you're, I've done this before, like where you, you can be excited about a used thing, you know, or something you made because something you make, you feel that same way about, but it wasn't wasteful. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't cheap and not cheap in a financial way. It wasn't like a cheap move, you know, just wave your credit card at something, your credit card magic wand, and then poof, the thing's there and now it's all over. It's, it's like a, a more healthy way to be buying used, making things, rehabilitating old things. So I know that those are good values that I should adopt. It's just hard. And it's hard to keep that. And then there's still is always the draw of... This is a dark fuck. There's literally like two people standing outside in our yard with a dog barking. And don't they know that I'm trying to record a podcast? Oh my gosh, the nerve. I can't even focus now because this freaking dog. But I'm going to keep going. Deal with the dog. I'm sorry. Yeah. So that's one way to do it. I think that's one solution. Another one is like I could take, and this is kind of related, but I could take this glass cup that I'm drinking tea out of and I could scrub the inside of it and then it would be like almost brand new looking, 
you know, and I could do the same thing with my teapot and I could clean my desk off and I could throw away anything that is like garbagey and start fresh with the Ugmunk to-do list. I could do, I could do things. I could do those things, but maybe that's the laziness that kicks in that maybe that's what it is, is you need a discipline to do those things and renew your life every day. You know, it's like unwrap everything again, make everything new again. And it seems like a great idea. I'm just not sure that it, it's just going to stick, you know, in practice. But yeah, this is weird because I feel like I hit a peak. Like, I, and I am still reading a lot, um, but I came down here and I started, and I'm waking up early. I was waking up super early, showering, running, reading, eating well, like all these things, like not drinking, all these good habits. And some of them are sticking and some of them are waning. Um, but I feel like I'm on that slow downward thing where you're just kind of coasting and slowly these new habits, just like the new teacup, will erode. I'll still have them, which is good, but they're going to erode and not. It's like, am I just an addict to new and shiny, whether it's a physical item or a concept, a philosophy, an idea, a person? So, you know what I'm saying? It's just like addicted to these people decided to stand outside of our place among all the other places and let their dog scream. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Will I ever, will I ever escape this? I'm not sure. Is this just a cycle forever? And do, do I need to find some sort of resolve and embrace it? I feel like I've, I've recognized this for years and years. And for a long time, I just accepted it. Like, okay, I'm not going to fight this thing because fighting doesn't really work. I'm just going to accept this, but I don't think that's a good take. I'm still going to keep searching for some solution either. And I'm, it doesn't have to be a solution away from this, but some sort of bigger understanding um, that doesn't just result in me never experiencing the joy and lust of newness of unwrapping that new thing. So I don't know. I'm saying nothing, but um, I said it. So there you go.